Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to squeeze into some spanks and lie about your divorce, because your high school reunion is here! That's right, it's Grunt Work Reunion! my recital. I think it's very vital to grunt a rhyme and work on time and grunt work is the title. Here we go! This is Grunt Work, your favorite place to find all the special goodies that the TV show Home Improvement has to offer. I am Landon. I avoid arguments because I don't eat beef Solano. Joined always by my co-host, Truman voted most likely to change the world with his hair caps. (laughs) You know, funny you should say that I was voted... Uh, I was voted most likely to be president, and really? also I, be, I think because of my hair, ah. and I was also voted best hair. Even though that wasn't a category they had, they created it just to give me the <laughs> award. So in a sense, that's correct. I was I like that likely to change the world. You, you do have almost like a, a Kennedy in his later years uh, look to your hair, uh, well, or maybe maybe even Robert Kennedy would be a little more accurate. You're, okay, well I don't like looking like the problem with a Kennedy in their later years is that they tended to be pretty young in their later years. Uh, yeah, they <laughs> tended to be pretty dead in their later years. Uh, yes, well I'm I'm glad I have I'm glad I have that look, and I hope that that safety wise everything everything stays good with. With me uh, uh, likewise i hope that too because yeah. i don't want to go this journey alone yeah well well speaking of going on journeys alone i don't know what kind of segue that is how are you doing man <laughs> uh that is a weird segue life. yeah no uh I'm, I'm doing well uh thank you for asking um lots of things and stuff going around you and i went camping over the weekend we but, did uh, we did go camp there were other people there guys there were, yeah before before the fan fiction <laughs> crowd gets going i forgot my binford electric socks at home but yeah. uh other than that, it was a fantastic time. Uh, I at one point uh, tied myself to Landon's car, which he then left in neutral, and I got comically dragged all over the place. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. I wish yeah. I could show you guys the slides that we took. <laughs> um, also, let's address the elephant in the room. Yes. One of our two microphones has a sock over it because we didn't have a mic cover. Uh, yeah, a windscreen, as they're called. Yes, oh, yes, of course, of course, because there are a lot of gusty winds in this apartment. <laughs> well, there are when it's hot and we have three fans blowing on us. At any is, given time. Is this three right now? <laughs> uh, it's a Vornado, so it's technically... Uh, it's technically all fans. It's all fans all the time. It's all wind. Well, and, you know, we're all about fans here at Grunt Work, <laughs> as our fans know. Indeed. Is that a segue into anything? I'm just tossing out segues. Yeah. I'm hoping you grab I, one. Well, I've always wanted to write a segue. I've never actually uh, have done that, so thank you for throwing a bunch my way. You know, I feel like the new segue is the bird scooters. And folks, yes. listen, folks... Folks, if you don't live in, like, one of three cities, you probably don't know what this extremely <laughs> niche topic is. But there are these, like, scooter they're, share they're, things? Yeah, they're, they're ride-share scooters. Yes. Uh, and I feel like I live in the nexus of it. I, I mean, feel like you do, too. like, in, in uh, Los Angeles, not a lot of the neighborhoods are applicable. There's a lot of traffic, a lot of busy streets. But we here are right outside Sony Studios. Mm-hmm. And it's a very nice residential area. Lots of UCLA students. Just lots brag of... on your neighborhood. Low, look at Ritzy <laughs> Landon with a silver There's spoon. the reason I haven't left here in 12 years. Um but it, it's perfect because they've done a lot of uh, road work to make it um, bicycle friendly. So there's lots of bike lanes to be able to ride your scooters on. Yeah. That's not true of most of Los Angeles. So also I think true. that's, you know, this is a good testing ground for these things. And my biggest complaint about them <laughs> is that they're just like, it's the biggest litter 
you can find. It's, it's just like someone's like, my ride's done. I'm just, I'm not going to put it off to the side. I'm just going to leave the scooter right where my ride stops. It's like a shopping cart in a parking lot. <laughs> or it, a shopping cart on the sidewalk that someone has r- walked home from the grocery store with. Both things that happen frequently. Because people with these scooters, you just... You just take them and leave them anywhere, so it's just like kids in an 80s movie who, like, ride up to the haunted house and then just let their bike drop in the street <laughs> right, and go yeah. inside, and then the bike is still there when they come back. I want to see that movie. I, it was called It, and overall, it was mostly a bunch of jump scares with some cool set dressing. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Uh, speaking of set dressing, do you have anything uh, you want to bring up this week? <laughs> I do have something to bring up this week. Hey, I can throw out non-sequitur segues as well. That's 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 good. That's good. <laughs> So here's something that's important, guys. Something okay. that's actually about television. Well, God is real, and my prayers have been answered. What? Kelsey Grammer is chatting with the folks at CBS about a oh. Frasier reboot. I know that this information is kind of old news by the time you're hearing it, but yeah. as soon as I read it, I wanted to, like, I honestly wanted to, like, put out an emergency podcast <laughs> for me to express the feelings I was having. But, so, Kelsey Grammer's talking to the CBS folks about doing it not so much as a reboot necessarily, but like, I, I don't know, something where it's like he would be a supporting, ca- like Frasier would be on this show, but it would be about maybe someone else, maybe a younger mm-hmm. cast, I don't know. So, A, I mean, I'm very excited at the extension of the Frasier cinematic universe. Well, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, the Cheers cinematic universe, what am I talking about? <laughs> Secondly, I really hope that what they go with is Frederick being in his 30s and having to move back in with Frasier, and then Frederick... Yeah. A good way to supplant uh, the passing of John Mahoney. Yes, pour, pour more water out under your carpet. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's that, or maybe it's or maybe Frasier moves in with Freddy. I don't know. Uh, Freddy is the name of Frasier's son, by the way. I don't know. Yeah, if no, you, I, oh, okay, I, I didn't know yeah. if you were up on well, that. Well, you could say it for listeners in case they're not up well, to yeah. on Frasier trivia. And also, if we can, also if we if we show a, if this show centers on adult Frederick Crane, then bear in mind this is a this is a baby who was conceived and born on Cheers, Ooh. who grew up and into adolescence on Frasier, and now is an adult on uh, TBA I new like show it. Truman's Dream. This is kind of I like the 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 echoes and mirrors that are happening here because you know I can see Freddie being more. Cut from the cloth of uh, Fraser's dad. Yes. To create that, you know, kind of skips a generation sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, you bring that dynamic back in. And so whether you have Fraser taking the father sitting in the armchair, only his armchair is, you know, leather bound and yeah, <laughs> yeah. smells of, you know. Rich mahogany. That well, you were gonna I was going to go with, uh, with like, tobacco. I, he doesn't smoke, though. Yeah, he, he doesn't. There's one episode where they dabble in cigars, but that's ah, it. Well, cigars, whatever. Yeah. Uh, taking, you know, that, that he's drinking it like a. Uh, martini or something while sitting in you know his very rich leather chair inside yeah. like a dorm room <laughs> well i guess if freddie's 30 he's not gonna be living in the dorm but. i, I kind of love that idea anyway though <laughs> also i kind of like the idea that maybe like freddie grew up uh, i mean pretty i mean between fraser and then lilith i mean he grew up pretty cloistered but i like the idea that maybe freddie now is trying to be more like Martin, like he's trying to be normal to make normal friends. Maybe mm-hmm. he has normal friends because that's never been a thing they really touched on on Frasier is 
a person of their kind of level of snootiness and intellect yeah. aggressively trying to be a normie and not being <laughs> able to well normies from cheers right the, i don't know <laughs> i get what you're saying i i like i like this idea that maybe that's it that fraser is back you know that yeah. either that freddie is back in with fraser but he's trying to play it like a normal millennial kid and not seem so uptight so anyway so the rest of this episode i'm going to be just trotting out like six or seven other spec script ideas <laughs> that i've written up okay we'll check in with you yeah yeah and not to not to be the the chip on the shoulder skeptic here but you know there was talks for a little bit of tim allen rebooting home improvement and we saw which direction that went so because yeah, saying don't i, I don't want to see your hopes crushed too much if it doesn't come to fruition okay here's the thing though here's here's the thing landon yeah the reason that home improvement didn't get rebooted is because tim allen had another extraordinarily popular show that got rebooted instead the thing about kelsey Grammer is that when he's not playing fraser crane <laughs> working unless it's beast and x-men he's in a movie with Kristen bell right now i watched the the trailer for that yeah and you know how they put all the best parts of the movie in the trailer yeah they didn't put any good parts in the trailer because there are no good parts of the movie <laughs> it, it didn't because i'm used to seeing kelsey Grammer and high in in really good well-written stuff yeah. and used to seeing Kristen bell on the good place another incre- like the best written show on tv right now right to see both of them doing lines that are maybe not quite up to those levels okay. it's very obvious <laughs> yeah all right so uh sorry to sorry to crap on that parade no nah, no worries um i have uh something to bring up bring it up what's what's going on with you what show uh, are they bringing back that you like <laughs> Uh, it's actually a play on a few episodes ago. Oh. You had mentioned a home improvement cocktail. Oh, yes. I think I saw something about this. Oh, yeah. Well, so we had some engagement on Twitter. Um, John Smith had uh, posted uh, his rendition, which was a Shirley Temple, which I countered with a Timlet. Oh, that's really good. Uh, But I have a new one. Yes. And I really like this one. Give it to me. It's a... Cosmore Powerton. <laughs> okay. Is it served on fire? <laughs> it should be. <laughs> Cosmore Power Tim. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's good. That's really good. So no recipes as yet, mainly just names. Yeah, well, I would assume I, I, that the Cosmore Powerton has, uh, you know, twice the alcohol in it. That's good. That's it good. needs more power. I think that a Timlet, you injure yourself grievously in the process of it's making it. It's just a Gimlet served in a, a broken glass. So you yeah. Cut- Cut yourself whenever you open open it. You don't open drinks whenever you hold the drink. I mean, unless it's one of those like canned cocktails. Yeah, <laughs> uh, oh. that's good. That's good. I like that. Sounds refreshing on a day like today. It does indeed. Um, I do have something else. Yes. <clears throat> so that was a short one. Yes. So that's just going to contribute to our <laughs> ongoing menu of home improvement drinks. We'll, we'll serve these at our wrap party yeah. at the end of the podcast. Um. So, as you know, I like horror films. Yes. I like horror films. (laughs) I like the horror. It's not uh, uh, culturally insensitive if it doesn't actually resemble a language. Oh, okay. Accent, right? That's good. Well, I I took it hardcore Italian, so I was culturally insensitive. You did, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's Um, my deal. Sorry. But uh, being an Italian, I'll vouch for you. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously, (laughs) take all the shots at Finland that you want and Czechoslovakia. Go for it. Um, So, I like horror films, and I was recently just going through a bunch of horror films that mm-hmm. I like I do. Uh, I came across a movie that I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. It's a little film called Invaders from Mars. Invaders from Mars. Okay. Are you familiar? I'm not familiar. Let me let me say that title is a little bit on the generic side. <laughs> I have seen <laughs> well, a number it's of definitely, movies. It came out in well the original came out in 59 so it was part of that like B movie mm-hmm. exploitation yeah. title, you know, yeah, get yeah. the 
tell them what they're getting. You know, the title is what gets you in the seats, essentially. Sure. But there was a remake in, uh, I want to say, 86 by Toby Hooper, who did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, now I'm going to describe the plot very quickly for All you. Right. Uh, UFO lands and a kid sees it mm-hmm. and no one will believe him. His father goes out to investigate, and when he comes back, his father is different. <gasps> okay. This also happens to his mother and a few of the other townspeople. And the kid knows something's up, but he can't prove it until he happens to see a little mark on the back of their head. Really? Does this ring a bell? A little mark on the Oh, where the brain got sucked out. Yeah. Well, now the brain technically doesn't get sucked out in this it's a it's an implant that they put into the back of the head i have to imagine that this is what they were referencing uh back in the season one episode where they try to convince uh what was it flying sauces yeah yeah, yeah. they're trying to con- yeah mark that that mom and dad are aliens yeah that okay that because also the movie would have come out relatively recently the writers probably saw that like yeah well 91 so yeah five, within five years but i'm sure that the the writers of the show are probably more akin to the 50s version yeah either way which either it's way. in both so yeah. um that's cool I just thought, like, it's one of those things you kind of pick up, you don't realize at the moment, and, like, it has to be. I can't imagine that it's not a reference to that. Home improvement is in everything, and everything is in home improvement. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Including us, right now, as we get into the episode. Oh, now, after several shitty segues, we finally found one that actually works. (laughs) Uh, Truman, do you have a synopsis of this episode for us? Oh, Landon, you know that I do. When Jill gets a last-minute invitation to her 20-year high school reunion, she's eager to go in in order to face off against her ex-best friend, Joni, who stole her high school sweetheart, Jack. But when they arrive in Washington, D.C., Jill almost loses her nerve, but Tim encourages her to sit down and talk with Joni, where she learns some surprising news and gains some much-needed closure. Back home, Al is struggling to watch the boys for the weekend. When Randy locks him out, Al gets a little advice... From Wilson in their first ever conversation. <gasps> big news, big stuff. A week of firsts. I don't know why I said that. This is, well, this is a first, but this is really the first in a week of firsts, and we're rather late into the week. Uh, yeah, Landon, what do you think of this episode? Um, eh, it yeah. had some good moments, um, but... It did have some of them, didn't it? Overall, meh. It, it had some good moments, and then it had a lot of moments that were just moments, and those moments yeah. dilute the other ones. I, I call this more of a character-building episode, in that we, we learn more about Jill's past and what makes her her, and, you know, kind of informs us, and I'm sure it will moving forward, kind of like, this is now in the, the canon, the pantheon of Jill's experiences that make her react and do whatever she does in the way that she does, so... Yeah. In that regard, you know, I, I find it kind of interesting. Uh, we we actually do learn, and we'll get into the nitty-gritty of it in a minute, but we do learn a number of things about her and, uh, you know, where she came from, how long her and Tim have been together. and Yeah. I, I mean, at this point, we've met both Tim's ex and now Jill's ex as well. We've yeah. met both of their high school sweethearts. And my only critique is that Jack isn't named Fred because oh, Jill has a thing for Fred's. Yeah, doesn't she? <laughs> Well, there was a, she was pretty hot and heavy with a f- college Fred, right? We just speculated on that. There, oh, okay. there was no actual uh, evidence of that mm. as of yet. Well, well, uh, that has become the canon in my head, at least. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a canon shooting Fred's out. <laughs> Fred canon. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I would agree. Like, they get, There was a new set for this episode. Yeah, this and... is the first time they're not in Michigan. 
Well, they've gone well, to... Well, they went to Ohio yeah, for by wedding. accident. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so this is their first out-of-state trip. There's some really good Patricia Richardson acting late yes. in it. it. It goes in kind of a somber direction late in the late in the end of it there. But overall, just not a lot of LARFs and not a lot of good stuff generally. I'd say that, as usual, the Al stuff is the highlight yeah. because just... See, Al playing off the kids is great. Yes. His relationship with the kids is always kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and well, why don't we just get into it? Um, Let's just go, man. But you know before what? we do, do you want to take a crack at what this title is called? Yes, I do. I have only two options. Ooh, okay. I'm sorry. I tried for more. Jack and Jill. Okay. Mrs. Taylor Goes to Washington. Ooh. Uh, that's two. Yeah, that's two. And I'm just trying to see if maybe in the moment uh, something will come to me. Reunion episode <laughs> of Home Improvement. Uh, what do you think? That is one of your more creative <laughs> guesses. Thank you. It's almost as good as Jill's birthday. <laughs> you know what? That's very touche. This yes. one would have been called Jill's Reunion. <laughs> Go on. Uh, this one is called Feud for Thought. You've bested me, Home Improvement. That's very clever. That's very, very good. I like... That is my favorite part of the episode is the name. Wow. Mm, that is a full meal right there. That is good. I guess we don't need to get a burrito after this then. Well, I wouldn't rule that one out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sweat I'm gonna sweat it out in oh, the process. Fair. Okay. Uh, that's... Okay. Feud for thought? Yes. W- well done. Well done. Okay. Well, with, with, with that, let's crack open Feud for Thought. Yes. Uh, so we start... To find that uh, Brad is, uh, yeah, uh, uh, he's a uh, he, he's he's a man. He has needs. Yeah, he's he moved is, on. He is at the ripe old age of twelve and moving into his romantic years, his and, romantic peak. Well, he already. I mean, he's well into his romantic years. No, I mean, true. his Jenny well, my romantic peak was at twelve. And, oh, okay, uh, it has okay. not been the same since then. <laughs> so you see, so so he is he is now he is now cresting a wave that will crash for the rest of his life. <laughs> exactly, he'll just. Constantly be trying to recreate the intense feelings he's feeling at 12 for the rest of his life. Yeah, It yeah. does not get better than that. That's, wow, man. Well, uh, sad days lying ahead for Brad. <laughs> but in in, the, in this moment, though, he's yeah. full of youth and he is full of love and he's full of excitement. And why is that? Well, he's bringing home Ashley. Ooh. Ashley, who is some cute young thing with well. <laughs> dark hair, uh, a letterman jacket that I guess they give out in middle school now. And... <laughs> And a beret. Uh, this Ooh. is two girls in a row with berets. Would you say he has a type? Or I would say he has a fetish. <laughs> a beret fetish. He is into What's, beret core. What is the difference? Where is the line drawn between fetish and type? Uh, I think that a. I think that a type. Like if I if I said, I like girls with tattoos. Yeah. Is that a type or is that a fetish? I think that's a type if it's like you're on the dating site and you see that and you're like, oh, that's cool. Uh, oh, ooh, I'm into that. And I think it's a fetish when you're on a dating site and you see a girl who doesn't have tattoos and you're like, swipe left, fuck that shit. <laughs> okay. So yeah, right. maybe berets are just his type. Yeah. But it's certainly funnier if it's a beret fetish. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's part of, that's part of like mime core porn or whatever. Oh, I love it. Uh, so this is Ashley... Yes, who uh, we need to get acquainted with a little bit because she this is not her first appearance, her only appearance. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so let's go into the first of many. This is going to be 
we're going to have to build extensions on our house. Oh, Jesus. Because we have so many character actor corners in this episode. I know. Well, fortunately, we know some people who are really big into doing extensions to things. So let's, <laughs> there let, you go. let's go. Let's pull out the hammers and nails. So this uh, playing Ashley is Lee Ann Orsi. Um, she, can you guess what I'm about to say? Uh, is a prolific character actress? She is not. What? She has done five credits. Wow. Um, Home Improvement being right smack in the middle of them, uh, or actually toward the end of her career. Ah, well, um, it put her off acting for good. She, the only other thing she did was uh, Life Goes On. Do you remember that show? No. No, with Quirky and... The... With Quirky? Who the no. fuck's Quirky? What? I don't know. What? Life Goes On? The name is... It has familiar. the Joe Cocker theme song and everything. Oh, man. It's, uh, a, it's a classic. Uh, highly recommend looking into it. If it's not, if it's not a, if it's not Cheers or a spinoff of Cheers, I guess just assume <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> Fair. Anyway, uh, so yeah, she she hasn't done much, um, and I think that Home Improvement is going to be her like the cornerstone of her career. So, well, okay, so then we're following her in her prime. This yeah, is like exactly. This is like those three movies that James Dean made that everybody's <laughs> like, this is when he was doing it. This is. This is I don't think the three episodes she's on can equate to giant. And East of Eden and Rumble uh, of Hadakas. <laughs> well, that's Sealand, and I mean this one Fair. didn't. Yeah, but maybe okay. So we could, as Axe one from the list, but there's still a couple other options. <laughs> Swipe left. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they come home. Yeah. They uh, they want to. They're coming home to study. They are these two are insatiable. They are hand holding openly until they realize Jill is there and watching. Do you now? I don't want to. It's going to be creepy if I linger on this too long, but. Only in the context of the fact that we never actually saw Brad and Jennifer kiss, and they had kind of teased that, do you think, based on how they're already acting, that they've, they've, they've done the smooches? <laughs> There's really no non-creepy way to speculate there about whether two kids have been kissing or not. <laughs> I would say based on... But they, wanna, they come home, they want to go up to the room and study. I, I mean, mean, that's... Yeah, the the hand holding to me and and the sort of glow about them suggests that they are in in fact the afterglow of of some some kissing perhaps they in the were woods. Like, they were doing the the, the smooching on the bus. Yeah, well, sm- smooching on the bus or smooching in the wood, like because they come in through the backyard and there's like that wooded mm-hmm. area behind mm-hmm. the house, so presumably down there. And then it's that's like, a fence. That's a fence. No, no. Oh, okay, <laughs> that is funny. It the is way wood. That there's a thing. There's a gap when the I know trees they yeah, come it's, through. It's oh, Mark's okay. old hiding place. Yeah, yeah. Mark's yeah. yeah they, so they were in Mark's little hiding place, and Mark was probably hiding and watching them because Mark's <laughs> creepy like that too. But yeah, I think I think they've already kissed, and I think yeah. that certainly if they hadn't before this, they definitely did it in this episode. <laughs> thanks to okay. Th- thanks to Al not being on top of his game. Now I only wanted to know that to establish where in the relationship we are. I, I don't care about anything else beyond that. It seems like it's pretty hot and heavy. Yeah. You know, it seems like, hey, this it is always is when it first starts. Yeah, exactly. It's like, but that passion can burn out so quickly. Uh, yeah. Which is why you need to never have sex, kids, <laughs> until marriage. Abstinence. Um, That's we... a good catchphrase for it. <laughs> Abstinence. <laughs> I wish that had been, as someone who went through abstinence-only sex ed, I wish that had been all that they did. <laughs> if they just had a guy come in from the church and just go, Abstinence. Eh? What, what, yeah, exactly. That would have saved me time because it had the same damn effect on everybody in my class. Like all of the hours that they spent, <laughs> yeah, trying to scare us. They could have just said that and saved us all time and had the same number of people get pregnant. I love that. Yeah, that's. Uh, well, I have questions about your uh, your abstinence upbringing, but uh, we'll we'll save that for after the well, podcast I, is over. One of them is going to get handled in my in my secret actually. Oh, this okay. Week. So it, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna come up. Um. We got to talk about the grunt creep. Yes, they. Wanna... You you missed the first 
appearance of it. I guess I didn't. I only caught him out of the corner of my eye. Tell me he, what happened. So this is, it's bizarre. He's just like hiding out on the table. Like no one is in the, the kitchen. No one's in the scene until Brad and uh, Ashley appear. Mm. Then they, once they appear, we, it slowly like pulls back and we see the grunt creep lying flat on the table as if like, oh shit, someone just saw me. <laughs> Humans can't see motion. If I stay still, they won't see me. <laughs> exactly. Well, he's, he's a two-dimensional being, so as long as he doesn't stand upright, he can't be seen. So, but he's lying flat on the, which is like saying you can't see a piece of paper lying on a table. You can only see the piece of paper lying on the table if you're looking down on the piece of paper. So if you're looking eye level at it, it disappears into oblivion. Oh, okay. I, I acquiesce. Let's keep going. <laughs> Uh, so we, we see it and then we cut to Jill coming in Yeah, and then we cut back and it's the, one of the first times that the grunt creep is still there. Yeah. Like, it's just hanging it cuts around away and then back. That's when I saw it. It's halfway framed yeah. out. Yeah. That was interesting. Like typically it, uh, typically if it's there, they give it like, you know, it gets one shot and then it's not in the audience anymore. It's just sure, like you're right. being haunted by it. Yeah. You see a, a jump scare of the jump, of the jump creep. Yeah. The yeah. jump creep. Yeah. Well, sometimes it jumps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, so she clears off the table for the kids to study on, and the grunt creep, helpfully, I guess, gets off the table. Hides <laughs> under the stack of papers, or who knows. Yeah, yeah, you know, burrows into someone's chest. That would be a benefit eggs. of being a, a two-dimensional being, is that you could hide in more places. Yeah, I mean, are you? is that your biggest complaint about being a three-dimensional being? Is that it's just like, I just can't hide in as many places as I want to. I mean, <laughs> listen, being someone with social anxiety, sometimes you just want to slip between the cracks and not be seen. True, and well, and as a two-dimensional thing, there is really very few cracks you can't slip between at that point. <laughs> exactly. That could be construed in a bad way, in a Tobias <laughs> Funky style. Um, Swipe right. Yes. Um, but the kids are, Brad and Ashley. The kids are all right. They, they want to go upstairs. Yeah. And Jill's like, just... Uh, Make sure you keep your door open. Yeah. And my question here to Jill is, how are you going to police this moving forward? Like, what else do you expect your kids to learn when you and Tim are having sex <laughs> all of the time? Maybe they're... Not that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, you can't have a double standard here. Maybe they are a really sex-positive household. Maybe they're Maybe. like, look... If you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna do it, do it. Just like be safe about it. That's all we care about. If you're gonna have sex. Just do it with the door open. Yeah, <laughs> and just the lights do, on. Just do <laughs> and record it for me. <laughs> That's just like it's because we want you to be safe, but moreover, we want you to be into the same kinky stuff that your father and I are into. <laughs> just doing it in broad daylight yeah. with a house full of people. <laughs> You know, this is, these are your formative years. We want you guys to get an unhealthy attachment to danger the way that we do. Now we know what drove Brad and Jenny apart. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley, she's into it. Yes. That's, uh... These are 12-year-olds. I don't feel good about this. No, no. This, this is not, this keep is not good. This forward. is how James Gunn got fired. Fortunately, <laughs> we don't work for Disney. Uh, so anyway, phone rings. Ring, ring, ring. That's what a phone sounds like. Jill picks it up. Hello? That's what Jill answering the phone sounds like. <laughs> Uh, a conversation plays out. They say something. She says something. They say something. She says something. You know how conversations go. Well, she says, uh, I haven't lived there in 15 years, which tells me they've been in this uh, house for 15 years. Yeah. Well, yeah, because this is about her high school reunion, which is in which is in Washington. And when she says Washington, my heart jumps into my throat. And I think, wait, Jill went to high school in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I'm going to die. Maybe she and Fraser were high school classmates. Oh my god! Oh my god! Turns there's out, your there's your crossover. That's seriously that's the thing. Um, they both went to the same high school. Oh my god! Fraser is a lot older than her. 
Yes, but he was like a senior. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I, that that would make sense. I'd say you can fudge that within four years. Yeah, yeah. So that so that world famous Fraser fudge. Uh, <laughs> Swipe no, left. But <laughs> that would be that would be a really bad. Uh, like if I was into making fudge and I were still on the dating apps, it would be Fraser Fudge eighty eight would be my <laughs> name, and and I would probably get a lot of guys who are confused. Uh, anyway. Uh, I was very excited, but then it turns out, no, it's not Washington State. It's the other lesser, worse Washington, the capital of our country. She is saying, like, what? I haven't, I didn't, oh, I didn't get the invitation. It's my 15-year reunion. Oh, my, oh, my gosh, I couldn't possibly go. But Mm -hmm. then she's convinced pretty quickly to go, because it's like that weekend, right? It's very soon, yeah, Yeah. exactly. She didn't get the invitation, and um, Tim comes home. I think Tim is kind of the one that... Well, he doesn't. Ha- he has no interest in going with her, but yeah, he yeah. kind of like pushes her to go. Yeah, he says. Yeah, she's, she's she doesn't want to go because of Joni. Yes, that's that's her main thing. Like mm-hmm. in this scene, Tim comes home and she's expressing like she calls her Joni the phony. Yeah, like I don't want to see her again. Yeah, she stole my boyfriend Jack, and uh, I don't I don't want to be exposed to that. But then it kind of turns around then, like in the, like Jill almost talks herself into this the way she does in Wilson scenes as well, mm-hmm. where she's just like, no, you know what, I, I should go. I want to show Joni the phony. I don't even care. Like, I hope she's there. Don't want to give her the great. satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. And she's saying, she's saying like, oh, we just need, you know, and Tim says, yeah, you should go. And, and Jill says, oh, we need someone to watch the kids. And Jill says, and Tim says, great, I'll do it. And Jill says, no, you have to come. <laughs> I need you to, to support me. Yeah. I went to yours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We hear all about how how you know she's just like yeah, and you had a, you had a horrible time, and she says yes because you were off mooning your principal the whole time. Uh, but they they wind up sitting down on the couch and yeah. kind of talking about the backstory with Joni the phony, right? Who it turns out was secretly dating Jill's boyfriend all through senior year, yeah. and they've never spoken since. I have a lot of reactions to this. What, well, tell tell me about them. Is it hives? Is it shortness of breath? It's, one of them is almost hives. Yeah. The fact that my 20-year reunion is coming up. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, no. So that aligned me with the parents on the show. A lot, you know, Tim and Jill and their age. And yeah. And Al, as we learned, I'm older than. Um, yeah. The So that is just bizarre to me to think that when I was originally watching the show, I was the kid's age, mm-hmm. and now we're watching the show, and I'm the parent's age. That's weird. Yeah, that's kind of nutty. That is. Do you feel like you could have three rambunctious boys at this age? <laughs> Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm... It's it's really it really is surprising because I think when we both watched this as kids, these were like ancient mythic adult figures, yeah. and that now that I mean that you are that you are at basically the age of the characters, and that I am within yeah. sight of the age of the characters, like I'm the age they were at when they were having the kids in the first yeah, place. Right. <laughs> I just that's I don't get it. It's weird, not to go on too much of a tangent here, but I, I found that when you are when you experience something in an impressionable age, yeah, that. The person in that thing, if they're older than you, they're going to perpetually be older than you. So I get that. now that we're watching this, and you know, technically I'm older than Al uh, on the show, it's it's he, he still seems like he's that same distance older than me at all mm-hmm. times. Yeah, and I wonder if like I'm going to turn sixty at some point and look at Al Borland and go, man, he's so much older than me <laughs> when I'm twice his age. Richard Carn, the ageless one. <laughs> Older than the elves and the trees. <laughs> so then we get a yearbook transition into the theme song. Yes. Uh, three grunts, just like you said. Yes, we counted the... <laughs> I feel like we're going to be counting the grunts in the theme song from here on out. In now. case they try and slip an extra one in on us. <laughs> uh, 
Well, look, there's no easy way to say this. I think everyone you know what's happening. There's this there's this kid named Zachary Ty Bryan. Yeah. And, he plays Brad. And he looks at me. Oh, that's who he plays. Do you think he's playing Brad in the theme song, or do you think he's playing Zachary Ty Bryan? Or do you think in this moment where he stares at the camera into our souls, he is he starts as Zachary Ty Bryan, and we watch him transition into Brad. Maybe that's him getting into character. They had some B-roll of him just, like, maybe that's how he does it, is, like, he looks yeah. into the camera and he thinks, you know, Zachary's not home right now, Mrs. Torrance. There is only Brad. <laughs> it was, like, blending The Shining and Ghostbusters and yeah. Home Improvement. But you get what I mean. I do. Uh, yeah, so, like, maybe we were watching the the emotional process of becoming Brad. Ah, interesting. That and the only be... way that he can do that is he fuels himself on secrets. Yes, exactly. And And you know what? I hope that this secret... This big, juicy, effing secret that he got about Washington, uh, D.C. About Washington, D.C. It's not about Washington, D.C. This is this is about uh, me and my naivete okay. in the past. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, I went to an abstinence-only sex ed program at my, at my high school, my oh, middle yes. school and my high school. Uh, so I was, I was, uh, you know, it was not, it was not very, there was a lot of stuff that was left out. There was sort of like, there was sort of like, yeah, there is... <laughs> condoms and birth control if you want to like but you don't need to worry about that if you're being abstinent yeah exactly it was like yeah there are those they're not always effective though and they made it sound like yeah you know if you you know if you have sex with someone without birth control there is a 200 percent chance they will get pregnant and if you have sex with someone with a condom, there is only a 98.5% chance that they'll get pregnant. Like, they were very... <laughs> How can you ever trust your partner? They might poke holes in e- your condoms. Ex- exactly this. Yeah. Exactly this. Not to mention the disease. If your partner has had sex with one other person, they've technically had sex with a million people so by, <laughs> by effed up math. Just fear tactics. So, anyway, the end result of this is I didn't get a lot of... Uh, I w- okay, I'm just going to the, cut to the chase. When I graduated from high school... Uh, my understanding, because I had never been in a situation where I had to use one of these, was that a condom just went on the tip of your ding-dong, and it didn't go all the way down. I didn't understand that it rolled down, because my effing, effing Christian-ass high school bring the church youth group in to teach the kids about sex, they never pulled out a condom and rolled it onto a banana for me. So I'm not proud of the fact that I went to college. Like, I figured it out pretty quick. And, like, college, <laughs> University of Oregon had a much more robust sex ed program for okay. incoming freshmen. Because yeah. they, they were banking on a lot of us coming from schools like mine. But, uh, no, I went, I went into my freshman year of college not understanding <laughs> how a condom worked. Okay. So, uh, so thanks, Brad, for getting that from me. I hope that really powered your transition. Well, I hope Zachary... <laughs> that's gonna power... That's a secret that will power him for the rest of the series, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, no, he didn't... He, the, the next episode, he doesn't look in the camera anymore, because he's like, I got that one about Truman, that's all I need. <laughs> the next episode is gonna be when they change the theme song. <laughs> he's like, that's it. We, <laughs> we have all the secrets we need. <laughs> oh, man, I hate that that's... The, like, we're, this is that we're getting... We're getting, low, we're getting into secrets more and more, where it's like, I'm not necessarily sure I will want people to know this but we start we were playing this dumb game now. well you know what you have two choices uh at which to not share this both when you choose to speak and also when you choose to edit true but i also like but then people are going to ask about it i mean you know Fair. we've already thrown down the gauntlet and already admitted to basically gassing out an entire london underground train car with my farts <laughs> so well, what, what what more embarrassment is there 
Um, my girlfriend hasn't left me yet. So <laughs> just push that envelope as far as it'll go. Uh, every day. Just like Tim with his relationship. Speaking of Tim, he's on a TV show. It's called yes. Home Improvement. And after the opening credits, we come back to the... Kitchen. Kitchen. Well, kind of. It's They're, they're coming downstairs. Oh, they're yeah. all packed with their luggage, Tim and Jill. Yeah. And they're heading to the garage, um... Presumably to put the stuff in the car, whatever. But yeah. they, they've got the luggage; they're getting ready to go, and then ensues the uh, how do men pack versus how do women pack. Jill has multiple outfits because she's eager to please and look good. Like she wants to blow everyone yeah. away. Can you believe it? I mean, the what? fact that a woman is expected to not wear the same thing twice in two days, and that she has to have an evening dress and a daytime dress, and, 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 uh, and a whole slew of makeup. And yeah, like, why would you also? Condemn her for that. Yeah, exactly. It's Tim. You can't Holt. set the rules and then yell at somebody for playing by them. The the first thing Tim says is like, "God, men and women are so different." Like that's just how he started. I just wanted to like, I it was just like, "Great, Tim, cool." That's the the you've distilled your act finally, and also <laughs> every comedian's act. Uh, but yeah, the, he holds up his little light duffel bag, complete with he's got a suit that you stuff into a like basically like yeah. a sleeping bag or like a you know a. a a polyester suit yeah it's it's a space age woven polyester uh it's a suit in a bag that um you know i I am a little jealous that tim can fit everything in a duffel bag that's pretty good i'm about to go on a trip and i'm planning on only putting things into my backpack yeah uh it's only a five-day trip but i have to like get on a plane and everything i have a little anxiety over it so i I, i'm a little envious that he can put things in a, a duffel bag and be done with it I, I tend to travel with just one duffel bag, but I it's packed a lot tighter than Tim's, even yeah. for a two-day trip. And, yeah, and also, I would love to see Tim's response if Jill went with a bag the same size as his and, like, oh, oh, yeah, Tim, no, I didn't I didn't bring my makeup. Oh, no, I didn't, oh, no, I'm just going to wear this, this one dress. Oh, no, I'm not going to shave my legs or my armpits or anything. Oh, why? I'm packing like you. I'm packing like a man now. Liberated Jill. <laughs> This is my new alternate reality home improvement is liberated feminist Jill. Just, I love it. Just crushing Tim's spirits every day. <laughs> That's the 2018 reboot we all want to see. That Well, it is, and we will never get. Um, now, I, I don't want to, um, <laughs> after building all of that up, I also don't, don't want to take away from it too much uh, about commenting on what Jill is wearing. But she's wearing um, a plaid blazer Yeah, that is... Very indicative of Al. Yes. And, uh... There's times when they stand next to each other, yes. and it's kind of like you're looking at a... Later a... in the scene, Al comes by, because he's looking after the kids for the weekend, and uh, she's giving him the rules, and as they're standing next to each other, Al has his typical flannel plaid shirt on with a plaid coat over it, and they're standing, like, shoulder to shoulder, and it's just more plaid than any TV screen has ever seen at once. It's just a sea of plaid. Your your um your TV, like there were dead pixels popping <laughs> yeah. up in the center of it. There were so many different shades to represent. Uh fifty shades of plaid. Um so also Jill Jill is giving Al this line. Like when I saw that Al was watching the kids for the weekend, I was like, oh, put man. me in gear. Show me just make a movie of this. Make <laughs> yes. a fucking movie of the week of Al with the kids. The nuttiest raccoon <laughs> starring Al and the kids. Like, I wanna see that. That now that raccoon would be sufficiently nutty. <laughs> um And Al also comes in with a duffel bag. I don't know if you noticed, it was an army duffel bag. Oh, I didn't Which well, I imagine came from his like time in the Navy. Well why would an army duffel bag come from his time in the Navy? Like just like a military well, maybe style it's duffel bag. I would imagine the Navy has duffel bags too. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess they do. I mean, did it say like army on it or is well, it no? Like, but it, oh, it was that like, army green. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It's very military duffel. It, it was probably they probably had army duffel bags in the prop house, but not not <laughs> navy duffel bags. And the attention the the military uh, the military consultant who yeah. they normally have for home improvement wasn't there that day. But I feel like it, it stays in, consistent with his character. Oh yeah, no, that know? would be the thing. Yeah. yeah. I, but then also staying consistent with his character, uh, Tim is then getting after him for how much he packed for two right. days staying at Tim's house, and Al echoes Jill's argument. Isn't Wouldn't Al really be the perfect marriage of Tim and Jill packing? Like, I feel like Tim or Al could pack as much as Jill has into a confined space that would satisfy Tim's duffel requirements. I think that Al, with his degree of organization yeah. and tool savviness, yeah, he would... He would he would pack Jill's amount of stuff, but he'd get, like, the little space organizers and stuff. He'd, like, mm. vacuum seal his socks into a thing <laughs> so they take up, like, sort of, like, as two-dimensional as the grunt creep is. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> so, yeah, he comes in, and and Jill is giving Al all of these instructions yes. about the boys, some of which made me a little uncomfortable, saying, like, Brad's got a new girlfriend, so if she comes over, don't let them, you know, don't, you know, keep an eye on them. Or Make don't sure them... he studies his books, not her. So he's basically, <laughs> she's basically saying on some level, hey, dude, cock block my son, please. Well, I mean, I think that's okay advice for a 12-year-old. That's just a weird, like, like, A, for me, watching any child for any amount of time is not a thing I'm really into the idea yeah. of. Moreover, watching it, like, even if it was a kid I was cool with, but who's at that awkward age, and it's like we're sort of friends, but then it's like the parents saying, okay, listen, don't let him have fun. That would be yeah. difficult. Like, I recognize the necessity of doing that, but also, like, woof, that would be a change in our relationship. That's a thing to drop on me five minutes before you I leave. Think, I think you would come up with creative solutions. I mean, instead of saying, hey... You know, get the ruler out and and uh, make sure there's 12 inches between the two of them on the couch. Uh, you know, you, you you see them getting close together. You go like, hey, uh, let's go get ice. Hey, rematch at that putt putt. You know, you come up with something. And I'm spending all my money on mini golf, dude. <laughs> uh, well, would you rather spend money on mini golf or have the sex ed talk with uh, a 12 year old that's not yours? Well, you know what? Honestly, no one ever rolled a condom down a banana for me. So the least I can do is roll a condom down a banana for someone else and pay it forward. Okay. That's getting into some weird territory. Only problem is wasting a perfectly good condom, but I guess the banana is still good afterwards. <laughs> it's, it's got the peel on yeah, it. Yeah, but are you talking about, well, okay. Fair, the latex fair. isn't going to bleed. The, the it's not the latex. It's the lubrication that sometimes The lubrication is on the outside. Landon, here. Okay. If you got any condoms or bananas here, let me show you which side the lube is on. <laughs> okay. Look. Um, this, we get plane transitioned. <laughs> yes. A weird Indiana Jones yeah. type. There's no Maven nights with uh, with the red line and the dots or anything, but uh, it is a a like propeller plane yeah, across the screen. Yeah, and then they walk into this fancy hotel lobby. Yes, and with... thus begins uh, a slew of character actor corners. We're about to. Have. Oh my god! Well, they walk up to the Mater D. Yeah, and the Mater D has a deep. Is that what they're called? I think concierge. Oh, concierge. That Mater D is what they call it. Restaurant I'm... only, right? Yes, it is. I'm asking you to clarify, not to correct you. No, 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 no. Uh, Fraser has been beaten at last. (laughs) Uh, No, that that is correct. But Tim is also mouthed off to a number of Mater D's, so this is only natural. (laughs) It's no surprise. Uh, He, but yeah, the Mater D certainly sounds like Phil Hartman. He's got kind of a deep voice like this. Yeah, he's doing, he's putting on like an error for 
guests, I would assume, and Tim yeah. makes fun of him right to his face. Yeah, it's like, hello, welcome to Washington, D.C., and Tim goes, hi, we'd like to check in. It's like, like, that's just rude. That is your first impression that you're making with him. Why, why are you like this? Yeah, I mean, if that were me, I would, like, do all I could to say, hey, maid service, make sure you shit on his pillow <laughs> between, uh, between cleanings. What? He'd what? never notice that. <laughs> This is the weirdest mint I've ever seen. Jill, take a look at this. God, it smells no. terrible. No, no, no. We went we went too far. Yeah, I I, I took it there. <laughs> Just FYI, guys, it's still really hot in here, so that's yes. what, what's what happens. Um, should I go into character after corner yeah, yeah, for no. the hotel? Let, let's let's uh, get in there. Who is this Phil Hartman lookalike? This guy is named Tom Simmons. You're gonna love his first credit. Frazier, The Truman Show. God damn, son of a. The Truman Show came out after this episode. It did. Uh, so a lot of his credits, I'm just going to read the top four, um, are very much similar to each other in that he plays Garage Attendant. He was in Commando playing Kirby's Driver. <laughs> he was in the TV show Charmed as Coroner. <laughs> uh, so that's like, <laughs> when you're talking about character actor, I mean, he he's like nose to the grindstone actor so you're in that episode of charmed you're saying he was a character actor coroner <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> son of a bitch oh man and and this is where i retire i think i get a pension from the podcast society now <laughs> uh okay so he he plays a, he's he's one of those guys who plays yeah. a lot of small parts even though there are no small parts only small actors and this actor is <laughs> exactly. quite tall he is uh and he has been in quite a lot of things malcolm in the middle uh jag melrose Place, step by step uh, third Rock from the Sun. Just e- playing various kinds of attendants. Yet another ER. And I'm sure we've even gone over and not mentioned people that were on ER on the show. I feel like that's like the biggest pool of actors. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's you are statistically, I think ER and NYPD Blue. Like, I think it's, <laughs> it's more likely that a person, like, it's rare, I think, to find a character actor on this show who wasn't on one of those two. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's, that's Tom Simmons. Okay. Well, he does a great job with his nice, deep, big boy voice. <laughs> Uh, so, Tim finishes, you know, he, like, the guy recommends that they go to the Smithsonian, and Tim says he's going to, and he says, oh, we've got all this Thomas Jefferson stuff, and father of our country, and Tim goes, ah, yeah, great, I'm gonna go see whatever race car thing. (laughs) Right. And that kind of pissed me off, because it's like, okay, 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 listen, if you're gonna be the all-American manly man, maybe show the slightest amount of reverence for our country, and, you know, man, I mean, I know that I was shitting on Washington, D.C. earlier, (laughs) It has some great museums. Yeah. And um, I guess the architecture is nice. Yeah, okay. So, I've never uh, been, actually. It's, well, it's great. You should yeah. try it sometime. Go to Smithsonian. Don't just see the race car, though. Yeah. When yeah. is it not humid there? Um, Basically October. Cool. Yeah, that's about it. Going uh, in a few months, though. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm actually going in October. Oh. Maybe I'll do a live show there, I guess, without you. Uh, I'm going to be there for yeah. a wedding. Yeah, exactly. Uh. So anyway, they get out of this conversation, and Jill bumps into Ashley Morris, who is an old friend of hers from high school. Leslie Morrison. Leslie Morrison? Yeah. Where did I come up with Ashley Morris? Oh, Ashley. Ashley's Brad's new girlfriend. Okay, I'm Truman Capps, president of uh, the <laughs> nation of not being good at remembering names. I don't know why. I'd yeah, that wouldn't be good for a president. Terms. No, that would not. That would not be good. Lord knows you want your president to be competent in certain regards. <laughs> um, but so she talks to. 
what's her name again? Leslie Morrison. Leslie Morrison. I've got it in my notes as Ashley Morris, so it's just never going to work. <laughs> uh, for, but so, you know, Jill says hello, and they, and then, and then reveals to her after they do their entire high school cheer that she has no idea who she is. Ashley's like, ah, oh, Ashley. Leslie's like, oh, yeah, we were best friends. Uh, we were co-captains, whatever. They have this whole talk about it. Uh, she says, you know, it turns out she doesn't recognize Leslie because Leslie got a nose job. Yeah. Introduces her to Tim. Tim says, nose to meet you. Just, accidentally, yeah. Accidentally, now, but... I did, it's, I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about Tim. Okay. Because he's not in the forefront of this episode. His conflict, I mean, this episode, mm-hmm. the, the story isn't about him. Mm-hmm. He has taken a back a backseat to Jill and her story, essentially. Yeah. For me somehow Tim is more obnoxious and more intolerable when he's not the center of attention because, because he's on screen, but he can't just be in the back. Like he's, I mean, I get that on some level home improvement is Tim Allen, right? You have to give him the lines because it's his show to an extent, but in terms of the character, (laughs) you know, how do you, that's oh my god it just seems like such a damned if you do damned if you don't scenario like we give him the attention and he's still an egomaniac Mm. intolerable a-hole uh we don't give him the attention and he's gonna beg for it and that's just annoying yeah yeah he is like he's always on in that like he never like when he's it doesn't matter if he's you know talking to people his wife is very very much trying to impress doesn't matter if he's talking to his his in-laws. It doesn't matter if he's talking to the guy who employs him and puts food on his table. Tim is going to mouth off and make cracks at people about yeah. about their appearance or about the way they talk. He's going to be... Like, there's never an instance of Tim going like, I'm not going to say the first thing that comes to my mind. I He, yeah, he just... Right. He is always on. No filter. Yeah. And Hashtag it's just, no filter. <laughs> it's just kind of annoying. And But this is like the first time... Well, not the first time. I guess with the the uh, concierge, that's yeah. the first time you really get a sense of it. But the fact where it's just like let Jill have her moment and not ruin it with a you know obstruction. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he cannot. That's not he possible. Um, so before we move on, I have to go into the second, or I guess third character actor corner of the episode. Oh, but let's go, man. I'm keeping now I'm keeping him notched in. Leslie Morrison was such a small part. She's literally just this one scene to kind of remind us that we're at the reunion. Yeah. Uh, she is played by an actress named Rebecca Balding. Okay. Um, now, we're going to get into a theme here that I'm really excited about, and I am curious if it was the intention of the the casting to do this, but she's in a number of classic horror films. Oh, dear. Uh, so Rebecca Balding um, was in uh, Silent Scream, which is one of the... Uh, Kind of that's the one that got uh, that what that that pesticide ban right that book. What? Oh, I'm thinking of Silent Spring. Never mind. Go on. <laughs> uh, Silent Spring is kind of an early slasher film. S- Silent Scream. She's in a movie that is so bad it's good called The Boogans. The Boogans. Um, it, it's fantastic. It's about nose picking. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people wouldn't uh, disagree with you on that, um, but she's also been on Nine Hundred Two One Zero. She was on Charmed as well. Uh, she was <laughs> she she did not play a coroner, okay, uh, or the coroner's subject. What do you call that? A, oh, uh, a dead body, a t- corpse. Is yeah, what I was uh, oh, a cor- of. yeah, the corpse. Uh, she was on Soap. Uh, actually, believe it or not, 
She was on ER. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That ER pool is deep. Yeah, so uh, Rebecca Balding, she's been on a lot of stuff. It looks like she stopped in 2006, uh, not because she's died, just Good. because that's when she stopped. Well, hey, you know what? She can get out whenever she wants to. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, so take us through what we got going on next. So Jill is... Uh, Jill finishes that conversation, and then uh, she spots Joni, who arrives. Dun, dun, dun. Joni the phony. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that that nickname that she like that nickname would not have have stuck if she hadn't also composed that theme song that drilled it into everyone's head. Um, so she sees Joni the phony come in and starts uh, hiding behind Tim. Her yep. her will has instantly broken, and then Joni comes up to her and says, "Hi, Jill. Oh my God, it's so good to see you. I'm so glad you came. It's been so long." And she says, "Hey, I'd love to sit and talk about some things." Yeah. Uh, you know, about how we left everything. Joni does. Joni does. Yeah. And Jill goes, oh, well, oh, not necessary. Water under the bridge. I mean, who comes to a reunion to talk about the past? <laughs> I thought that was a good line. Yeah, that was, it was big larfs, big larfs. <laughs> uh, and, but they're, so they're having this kind of emotionally fraught conversation. She's like, oh, yeah, but I mean, a lot happened. And I think that I have a lot I need to tell you. And we should talk about this. And the whole time... Like, this is the thing that Jill has been kind of obsessed with from the get-go. Tim is just sort of clowning in the background, like, poking at a plant and, like, you know, shuffling around. He can't just stand yeah. still with his arm around his wife. I feel like if this had gone on five more minutes, he would be the equivalent of, like, a five-year-old tugging on his mom's dress going, Mom, Mom, yeah, Mom, yeah. Mom, 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 Jill, Mom, Jill, Jill, Jill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, any, anyway, Jill winds up saying, like, oh, you know, I'll talk to you later. Let's get together later and discuss yeah. it or something. And she she leaves. And then, you know, Tim is kind of saying, you know, she's saying, like, oh, my God, oh, this is so awful. Let's let's leave or I don't want to be here. And Tim is like, oh, yeah, okay, let's go. And she's like, no, Tim, I want you to support me and be, uh, no, so you want to stay? And it's back and forth. She doesn't know what she wants. Yeah. So they wind up opting to stay there, I guess. And, the, look, the next thing I have in my notes after Jill delays with Joni is pom-pom transition that looks like two big gobs of shredded cheddar cheese smashing into the screen. <laughs> That's it's funny because my note is, I missed that transition. I... I <laughs> I it, I don't know. That's the that's the only thing I really want to talk about. Is I saw it and it was like, oh hey, we're in a Taco Bell commercial. Oh wait, those are pom poms. <laughs> that would be weird if there were actual commercials from the time uh, during the commercial breaks of the show. I would love that because we could talk about those too. I mean, admittedly, it would make the yeah. watch watch sessions longer, but we could yeah. also critique them. Yeah, well, if we did it, maybe we could program that once. Just yeah. kind of like find some old school commercials, put it in there. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll surprise you one time and do oh, that. I don't think yeah, we can drink some surge while we watch it. Turn our baseball caps <laughs> exactly. around. Backwards. Um, Listen to Fleetwood Mac. So, since we were introduced to Joni, shall we go into Character Actor Corner? I, it feels like we've never left it. I, Character Actor Corner has absorbed her theme song now. <laughs> it was a slight variation. Uh, enough of a variation that they can't be sued. Oh, nice. By by the Joni estate? By vanilla Ice Rules, I guess. <laughs> um, Lee Garlington. Now... You want to talk about a familiar face. She's... Did you recognize her? No, I really? didn't. But oh, that's shocking to me. Because she, she's she been around since the early 80s. She's done equally movies and TV. I would say she's like the equivalent of David Wool that we had on uh, during oh, yeah. the Dollars and Cents episode. Where it's yeah. just like, oh my god, you have been in so many freaking things. Yeah. Um, would you say that she is... A prolific character actress. <laughs> yes, I would. Okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, you get a pass if I say it. She was in Field of Dreams. Nice. She was in Sneakers, Dante's Peak. Ah, oh, Dante's Peak. 
she was in Cobra, the Stallone film. Very nice. I personally know her from, well, I, I know her from a lot of things, but uh, good lord. I mean, I'm just scrolling through her credits. It's just it never, never ending. Uh, she started, let's see, her first credit, her first her first ever credit was actually Psycho 2. I didn't know that. Wow. Um, but she was on Hill Street Blues. Nice. Uh, some kind of wonderful. Oh, yeah, I forgot. She was also in Hell Comes to Frogtown. Oh, Hell Comes to Frogtown. I personally love as a oh. sci-fi horror slash wrestling nut. Oh, we, we watched that together, and it was <laughs> highly enjoyable. <laughs> She's like one of those faithful um, character actors. Like, you know you're going to get a level of quality when you cast her. And I think that they knew that casting her in this role because... In the upcoming scene, there is this, like... Yeah. It, it requires something of her. Yeah, this there's some serious acting from these yeah. two. Uh, so, yes, pom-pom transition, big gobs of cheddar cheese. So, uh, <laughs> we cut back to the same lobby. Tim and Jill are just in this lobby forever, it seems like. Yeah. And, you know, she's still kind of, like, try, bouncing things off Tim, trying to look for support and and, and you know... Like, ah, oh, what should I do? I don't know. I'm so anxious about, about seeing her and talking to her. And Tim says, you know, oh, God, you know, if it was two guys, this would have been over 20 years ago. We would have broke each other's noses, and that would have been it. It's like, yeah. We, we would have broken each other's noses and then went out and had some beers. Oh, and had some beers. Too. Yeah. I hate that notion or that expectation. Like, yeah, that's men. We cause each other well, grievous physical harm and then drink together. We're okay because we hurt each other. That's the definition of toxic masculinity. I, I have I have ended friendships with people who who hurt me physically, who like who did shit like that. That's yeah. that's the thing that yeah. Well, and it is. I mean, that is that's like he. A lot is packed into that. It seems like such a, a innocent line for laughs in a way, but there's so much packed into that because a you're saying this is what men do. Yeah, but you're also saying your as your approach as a woman. Is ridiculous. Yeah. So you're not only putting down people who, men who don't act like that, but you're putting down the way that women confuse things with emotions. And also to suggest that men don't hold grudges over long periods of time is <laughs> the dumbest shit. And for proof, and look at any war. Look at any war that ever happened. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't necessarily think that that's correct. Um,. <laughs> So, you know, Tim is making this argument that, oh, it was high school, people change, you know, look at me, I used to be really obnoxious. I guess what they they come around to is like, look, you know, hey, she wound up marrying Jack, and you got to meet me, and everything turned out great. Right. And then Jack comes in and is super handsome. Yep. And I, he's played by an actor who I know you're just itching to tell me things about. Uh, it is, but it's worth mentioning this line that happens uh, first. So, Jack walks in, and Jill sees him, and goes, Jack! He turns around and goes, Jill! And then Tim goes, up the hill. Just, it, it was there. They couldn't let that live on its own. Almost as though they named him that for to, to set up I that know, joke. Right? Yeah. Uh, I wasn't a fan of that line. Uh, and then they get up, and she is so bewitched by Jack's beauty that she forgets Tim's name. <laughs> um, but uh, so let's go into, um, I know we haven't done it in a while. Oh, is this one of those, one of them there are Pam's Corners? <laughs> except with character actors? <laughs> character actor corner. Um... It changes, you know, variations on yeah, the theme. Yeah, it's jazz, man. <laughs> uh, this is Michael Toland. Okay. Um, he is not as prolific, uh, but not without a a resume. <laughs> Good, man. Good. <laughs> uh, You're probably looking at it right now, which is why you say that. Yeah, he was on NCIS. Um, mm. 
Mm-hmm. He was on this show. It's called. It's a TV miniseries. I don't know anything about it. It's called Stealing Tarantino. Stealing Tarantino. What? I don't know. He played an FBI agent. Um, I'm trying to find some other stuff that he was on, but there just really isn't much. Hmm. So there's that guy. Huh. Uh, so the, anyway, uh, we cut from this back to home where where oh man, these boys these boys are so rambunctious. Oh boy, they are. Are they ever? They are keeping. Al busy. He's trying to keep Brad and Ashley from sucking face upstairs. He's you know he's making, dragging them downstairs. Yeah, because yeah, they wouldn't leave the door open. And then he's um you he's know trying to find Randy to give him his medication. Yeah, because Randy's got some kind of sickness and needs to have certain medications and at certain times. All Randy wants to do is eat cookies. Yeah, eat cookies and go outside. Yeah, and he doesn't sound very sick and he doesn't act very sick. So I'm wondering. Randy's Randy's so high energy. I mean, nothing can really keep him down. <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe he was playing sick as one of his sick, uh, demented games to manipulate Jill into some scheme that we weren't privy to. True. I mean, there could be. I mean, honestly, he's probably looking at having Al at the house as an excuse to get away with a whole bunch of murders that won't go noticed. <laughs> um, so, I, and then Mark also is uh, like Mark has a skating, a, an ice skating birthday party he's going to that he's super nervous about. Mark, 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 buddy. You can't walk on wood floors in ice skates. Yeah, he's walking around in ice skates, and I'm thinking, I, like, the, why is no one talking about the this? The entire time, I'm just like, those floors! Do you know how expensive that's going to be to fix? Oh, man. Yeah, Al is sleeping on the job in a big way as babysitter. <laughs> um, yeah. So Al is, like, simultaneously trying to keep... Uh, uh, keep Brad from getting Ashley pregnant. He's trying to keep Randy from leaving yeah. the house, and he's trying to uh, encourage Mark about the upcoming party. And this is where I get a little verklempt. Is that a word? Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. No. That is but a it's word. not even the word that I mean. I just get a little jealous because this is the episode I want to see. Like, make <laughs> make the reunion in the background. You know, cut to that only once or twice. Let me see Al trying to manage these kids throughout an entire episode. That's that's a show. Because they only, like, tease this idea of him trying to juggle all these balls at once. I want to see the progression of that. I want to see the... I want closure to that. I want a, I want a full arc of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, once again, I mean, this is the strongest part of the show. Yeah. The Al arc is, as usual, the best. Um, so, anyway, he's trying to he's trying to do all this. Randy goes running out back. You know, Randy chases him out. Randy goes back. Al chases him out and is saying, like, Randy, get back inside. You got to take your medicine and do all this. And finally, Randy just goes, Al, what happened to you? You used to be cool, and now you're just like mom with a beard. Yeah. (laughs) That was... I don't know. And it's good commentary, because this is like the first time we've seen him watching the boys where they've got the better of him. Yeah, but I feel like it's more just that he's frazzled rather than he lacks competence over it, you know? I, yeah, I think it's that he's been at it a couple days now, and yeah. it's kind of wearing him down. He also has a fun line with Mark uh, <laughs> when he's trying to... Mark doesn't want to go to mm-hmm. the, the ice skating pizza party. Yeah. And Al sits on the chair and goes, you know, I remember my first pizza-slash-skating party. I was 32. <laughs> and then Randy distracts him and takes him outside. If If... Al is 35 in season three. That means that his first pizza slash skating party was in season one. Oh my god, do you think it was with Greta Post? Most likely. Most likely. I just can't believe that he grew up in the Midwest and hasn't had a single ice skating party. Like, I never did, (laughs) but ice skating isn't a thing, really, in Oregon. That's true. We don't know much about Al's past. Maybe he's not from Michigan. Maybe he only moved there at the beginning of Tool Time. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Maybe Maybe he comes from a little place in Indiana. 
Oh, yeah. It's a little town called Pawnee. Oh, maybe. Mm, perhaps so. Maybe perhaps he was so. living with his brother or his cousin or his uh, other or his mustachioed son. relative. Yeah. His son? I don't know, man. Well, I guess, yeah. Well, how old would Ron Swanson be at that age? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, except except all this is all about Al talking about not being sure if he's able to have kids. So <laughs> Yeah, right. Probably would have come up. Also, I cannot imagine someone like Al creating someone like Ron Swanson. It <laughs> just does not make sense. It makes more sense with them as brothers, like that, that Al is the sensitive one yeah. and Ron is the Ron one. <laughs> uh, so anyway, then Randy runs back inside and locks Al outside. Yeah, locks the doors. And look, as soon as Al ran into the backyard, we started hyperventilating oh and slapping each other and jumping up and down on the I couch. got legitimate goosebumps. Yeah. I, I'm like, this is going to happen. It's, it's like putting uh, the condom on the banana for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it taste so much better. This is going to happen. This, I can't believe it. It's like, it's like this, this was my Avengers Infinity War. This was the most <laughs> ambitious crossover event in pop culture history. <laughs> oh, well, what is what what crosses over here? Uh so uh, you know, Al is locked out and then we just hear from Wilson's yard problems temporary Taylor dad. <laughs> and and already I'm like, yes. And so even though this is the first time we've seen Al and Wilson talk, yeah. Al responds, "Oh, hi Wilson. Uh do you have an extra key?" And you know, they 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 talk wilson explains that yeah they've been in scenes together they've yeah, never talked so, though yeah. i mean they've spent the last two halloweens together oh true i guess they've been around yeah so i guess it does make sense that they would know each other i mean al had his birthday party in the backyard of the taylor home i would imagine yeah, wilson was out there at some point wilson was out there conspicuously not invited yeah. uh, can i get a piece of that cake neighbor <laughs> yeah sure and then he never gets one ah oh, so rude son of a bitch it just just con con just constantly distracting or tempting him with food <laughs> um so they talk and yeah it's just you know uh it turns out that uh tim leaves a uh has left leaves a babysitter kit or a tailor yeah. kit uh, with... al asks hey do you have an extra set of keys for the house and yeah wilson's like oh yeah in fact i got a whole kit that tim gave me for uh uh, in cases of uh, the babysitters. Yeah. That's yeah, not but, what he says, but well, essentially. Yeah, yeah, just every time they have someone over. Which Wilson again, doesn't stumble over his lines as much as I do. <laughs> true, no. But it also, it's a little, probably a little cooler on set under the yeah. lights than it is here right now. <laughs> what? But this is the thing. Why don't they just have Wilson watch the kids? They, right. They Wilson knows the kids. Wilson likes the kids. The kids like Wilson. They entrust Wilson with all this other stuff. Well, how do you know that? How do you know that the kids like Wilson? I don't know. I've been. I've, I don't think we've ever had any indication of them even communicating with him. I mean, I've seen them communicate. Well, I, mean, I know that Mark talks to him at one point early in like episode two. Oh yeah, early on with the the Mallard, whatever. Episode yeah, that stuff was. like yeah. that. Like okay, it's, it's right, happened right, a couple right, times. It's yeah. not often. When also it's like he's there at Hall he's at Halloween. Right. So the kids probably know him as well as yeah. as Al does. At okay. Least. All right. And they reference Wilson as well. The boys talk about Wilson sometimes. You know, season one landed would would try to weave a, a theory out of this. See, season three Landon is just like so it goes, man. <laughs> season three Landon is in the middle of a heat wave, and I my brain isn't working, and this episode's already four hours long. Yeah, let's 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 push on. Let's push on through. Uh, Although Wilson does say when he hands over the the keys and the kit, yeah. uh, the babysitter kit to Al, um, and Al starts to pontificate of like, oh man, these kids are a handful. Wilson throws out a line that I feel like is almost verbatim something you have said. 
<laughs> about the kids before. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it is. Uh, they are a puckish band of rapscallions. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> w- 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 yes, it is weird when Wilson uses the same highfalutin $10 words that I use. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I prefer rambunctious, uh, but I have said rapscallions. Uh, yeah, and, and so then Al goes over and is looking at the kids clowning and, and doing all this stuff inside and says, yeah. oh, you know, I always pictured myself getting married and having a bustling house full of kids, but now I'm starting to reconsider and I was, mm. I'm like, yeah, Al, yeah, r slash child free, woo, do it. <laughs> uh, but then Wilson says something that I thought was quite insightful, that, you know, well, when you when you start with a baby, you're a baby as a parent, but by the time they're adolescents, you're an adolescent parent. You grow up together. Yeah, I thought that was very insightful. That was. Yeah. And, and, I like that. And it kind of, as much as I don't want kids, it did kind of comfort me in the way of like, well, okay, that gives me some thought. Yeah, you kind of learn as as you go. I mean, yeah. I, I agree. Again, the best part of the episode was happening right here. <laughs> and and you know who else thought that was remarkably insightful was Al. And yes. he says that well, that's really smart, Wilson. And Wilson says, well, being a bachelor, I have time to come up with these things. <laughs> Which is the question I really want to hear asked is like, so Wilson, like. Like if it were me there, right. I would let the I'd be like, okay, if if Ashley gets pregnant, Ashley gets pregnant. I'd grew, <laughs> I'd grew up some coffee. I'd go out back and just be like, so Wilson, man, tell me about you. Yeah. Is there ever a Mrs. Wilson? I'm telling you, man. Why Al no is the type to do that. Yeah. And if we had a whole episode of Al watching the kids, we would get that scene. At home. Can you imagine an odd couple scenario with Wilson and Al? An odd cup Al situation. Mm. I don't know if it would work as much. I don't think they're that they're that odd of a couple because. I, yeah, exactly. I think they're very complimentary of one be, another. It would be perfect. Oh, that's I perfect see. Perfect harmony. It would be. It would be really. It would be a terrible TV show, but a great living situation. So it would be zero. <laughs> yeah, Neil Simon can't get much out of it, but it would, uh, it would. It would be harmonious. Yeah, it would just be Wilson telling uh, Al interesting things, and Al going like, "That's fascinating. I never knew that." Here, have some more crockpot food that I made. Tell me more, Wilson. That's so. I interesting. see that you're 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 uh, whittling with a certain type of knife. Maybe have you ever thought about holding the wood this way and. I, think I mean, they would improve and enlighten and elevate each other's lives so much. They should get married. Ooh. Because also... There's the reboot I want to see. I may have brought this up before, but it would kind of make sense if Wilson is, like, just an old gay guy who lives oh, okay. out there and has never gotten married. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, just, you know, yeah, just doing his own wow. thing, living a quiet life. Is Wilson gay? I love... Season one, Truman, be like, is Wilson God? Season three, Truman, be like, is Wilson gay? I mean, it, these are questions. I mean, it just... It's this conspicuous bachelor living right in your backyard yeah, right. who's never had any sign of a woman being around aside from his mom. I mean, that doesn't necessarily... It's not no, explicitly no, gay, but I mean, not, it doesn't exclude it. And one that's would an ask, interesting thing to think about. One would ask the question. Yeah. One would ask the question. Right. Oh, I do want to mention uh, one thing that's in the babysitter kit before we leave the scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a pair of keys to handcuffs. Oh, yes, right. They learned well from Sir Larry. <laughs> yes, the handcuffs of Randy's handcuffs of death, which truly are deathly. Also, th- this this bit ends with with Al going. Do oh, yeah. you think I'd make a good parent, Wilson? And and Wilson saying, Oh, sure. I see the way you take care of Tim. And then Al. Goes, oh, 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 yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. And Wilson even kind of chimes in a little bit. Yeah. And this... Now, let's use this to segue into the grunt count. Yes. Because this kind of takes the place of... Any grunts. An empty episode. Again. We have zero. Have we had one episode, I think maybe one, this season, that was over ten? 
I think we had one. I think one that was one, like 10 or 11, right? I think there was one that went kind of aggro and had a whole bunch of grunts. But that was it. Everything else has been like four or under, I feel like. It's been very scanty. This, this season, at this point, we are well on track to have the fewest grunts of any season. Unless they blow it out. Like, we're almost halfway. Unless they blow it out of the water the next 12 episodes. Who knows? I mean, it's, I, I would never, after a 55 grunt episode in season one, I wouldn't put any surprises over. But... uh I, I'm shocked. I what do you? Can you see a reason for why we have such a drop off? I, I like, mean, do you think it was a critical thing, or do you think? I, I mean, maybe it was like it's because they sticky. Maybe that might have been it. I just this is never the show that I. This show is not the show that I thought had a lot of self awareness about how sticky they were being. <laughs> but I I know that they were doing it a lot last season. Yeah, it was the, an increase. Yeah, well, it was almost the same, but it was well, still. But there there was like more density of yeah. it, and uh, yeah, but. Now, yeah, maybe they pulled back. Maybe they thought that Tim grunting constantly was go- was too much. I don't know. Wow. Uh, it's very, it's very odd. It's very, very odd. I don't well, know what's happening in this world anymore. I don't either. We transition back to the reunion. Yes, um, where Tim walks in with Jill, uh, wearing his suit in a bag, and his suit looks like. Uh, looks like the canvas of the tent that we went camping with, honestly. <laughs> yes. Just kind of wrinkly and a little bit shiny. Yep. Looks absolutely awful because apparently he didn't take it out of the bag until right before the party. And he says, it just needs time to breathe. And she goes, it looks like it needs CPR. <laughs> Another great line. I, You know what? I feel like Jill can deliver those lines better than a lot of the other people on the show because she kind of like, she has almost like a, uh, I'm hesitant to say it, but like Jason Bateman style where she knows how to, like, take a joke and kind of throw it away. Yeah. You know, not, like, hit it on the head. It's just like, this is this is a joke I'm going to throw out. When Tim tells a joke, it is, he is you know, when he does a, a throwaway comment, it's usually kind of like him him playing it up as, like, yeah. a dig at this person. Whereas, this is a joke? Wait for the laugh? Yeah. Now we move on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Whereas with Jill, it is, yeah, they're... It, Throwing it away yeah. is the one. It's but to be fair, I mean that is very much a stand-up mentality. You tell a joke, you wait for the laugh, and then you move on. Yeah, yeah. But and but Jill's is a more actory mentality, yeah. which I like better in this <laughs> actor type situation that we're in, called a TV show. <laughs> fair. Uh, so they come in. Jill bumps into her old Spanish teacher, uh, Senora Grabowski. Uh, I, I thought it was Lebowski at first, <laughs> and I almost shit myself. But then it turns out no, Grabowski. Uh, we'll do a very tiny character actor corner for her because she's on screen for all of two seconds but on on conora de uh no this is as bad as tim is in a second uh not quite as bad as tim but um she was in this movie that is so bad but i kind of love it it's called ice pirates ice pirates (laughs) where she uh played the nanny uh she also played the nanny um in the trauma version of my neighbor totoro oh okay i always pronounce that wrong um (laughs) And lastly, she plays, well, I mean, she's in a lot, but last that I'm going to mention, she plays Mrs. Feldman in Dunstan Checks In. Oh, man. That's uh, that old gem of a monkey movie. <laughs> not to be, uh, but not to be confused with uh, Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So D- Dunstan Checks In is not like a weird sequel or spinoff. I mean, Dunstan sp- Checks In is a literal monkey or ape in a hotel, whereas... Harry and the Hendersons is Bigfoot. You know that, right? <laughs> I guess... You come from Oregon. I know. Well, okay. I knew that Harry and the Hendersons was a Bigfoot. I guess I just thought that... I thought that Dunstan was also sort of a cryptid in a way as well. 
Nope, just a monkey in shorts. I would love... And a skateboard. I, I remember there being a skateboard. I would love to have been in the pitch meeting for that movie. Okay, so there's a <laughs> monkey. Yeah. And there's a hotel. Yeah. Spreads hands. We'll take it. <laughs> Does it have a skateboard? Uh, we can make those changes. Okay. Hey. I want to see a skateboard. It sells really well with the kids. Make sure Randy says, wear your pads. <laughs> <laughs> because because the kids are looking to this monkey for a uh, for a role model on bike safety. The nuttiest Dunstan. Let's keep moving. The check-iniest Dunstan. <laughs> I don't want to disappoint you, Mark, but Dunstan really didn't check in that hard. <laughs> God. I wish that movie was very short and it was just Dunstan calling home to let them know what he was up to. It's like an old Edison short. It's just like one minute long of a monkey picking up a telephone. And then a title card. Hey, guys. I'll be home at 1130. <laughs> Iris out. I love it. Um... So, she they talk. She talks to Senora Grabowski. Yeah, Tim uh, introduces himself because uh, she goes in Spanish only, um, and or Tim goes, in Espanol, as they say. In Espanol, and Tim goes, "Ah, fajita chimichanga." Just like Tim has never met a culture he couldn't disrespect. Uh, my note. Well, and on, I guess on that level, nothing's sacred. So, except for white people, maybe. Well, <laughs> no, because he made he made lots of fun of a Scottish guy who came on tool oh, time. So American white people. American white people. Well, no, because the guy the 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 concierge is white and American, and he makes fun of his voice. Fair. Okay. Look the, now. There is a this is a sentiment that I've seen on the internet where it's like I'm not racist I just hate everybody I'm an asshole to everybody that's still not okay <laughs> you're still being an asshole like you're still like Tim is still being culturally yeah. insensitive the fact yes. that he is insensitive to white Americans as well as to like it still doesn't make it all right yeah that's fair and he would also I don't think he'd take it very well if some Mexican guy came up to him and was like give me a burger dude <laughs> or whatever kind of i mean i'm sure they have another Tim negative is, i mean he's the epitome of surger, surfer culture so yes yeah true <laughs> true uh power tools man i don't know <laughs> i realize now that it's not so much the burger as it is the accent i didn't need to change the thing that the guy was talking about <laughs> oh landon he got the day that you get central ac is the day that this podcast changes for the worse uh so oh my god uh, they wind up getting seated at the same table as uh, they. Well, uh, Joni and Jack switch their seats oh, so yes. that they could be at the same yes, table. Exactly, because Joni really wants to have this conversation that Jill does not want to have. Yeah, so they get seated. Uh, the person who's the MC for the event finds out that the sound system isn't working. <gasps> oh, there's minor feedback on the sound system. Oh no! All hands on deck. We have to go into character actor corner. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ! The sound system was played by who? <laughs> I'm very excited about this one. Okay, good. Her name is Bonnie Hellman. She has my favorite kill in all of the Friday the 13th movies. All right. Was she dropped into a jar full of mayonnaise? <laughs> that sounds like a good way to go. Yeah, I know, man. Um, I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't mind that. <laughs> cool Whip would be bad. <laughs> yes. Um, she is in the final chapter, the fourth movie, um, which is not the final movie. Yeah. But she <laughs> the plays... The biggest lie of the movies. Uh, toward the beginning of the film, uh, she plays a hitchhiker... Who is eating a banana <laughs> without a condom? See, th- this is why you have to you have to put a condom on the banana. Whatever bad thing happened to her? If she had a condom on the banana, it would save the fate of this banana because she gets uh, stabbed through the back of the neck and it comes out the front of the neck. And in one of the most like, it's not one of the goriest kills, but 
she's holding the banana when she gets killed, and as she's like dying, she squeezes the banana, and it's just this like humanistic moment where you're just like, oh, and the gross looking nature of a banana being squished. Oh, it's just so. It's you know, I'm very desensitized to this stuff these days. You're desensitized one, to bananas. <laughs> that one still gets me. Yeah. Um, well, good. A lot of successful actors on this show. Yeah. On this particular episode of this show. She was on Drew Carey. Do you remember Caroline in the City? Uh, I remember hearing about it. With uh, Leah... Thompson? Romini? Leah Thompson from Back to the Future. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that right? Leah Thompson? Yeah, I think so. Dude, don't ask me questions <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, fair. Let's just uh, keep moving. I just wanted to share my Friday the 13th uh, No, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that that one had personal relevance to you. That one made, <laughs> that one made sense. Uh, so... Anyway, the, yeah, they're having trouble, and she says, uh, uh, does anyone know how to help with the sound system? And Jack... Jo- Joni's oh, like, oh, oh yeah. I thought you fixed it. And yeah, Jack's yeah, like, oh, okay, and then he yeah. goes up there. Uh, and Tim goes to help, Yep, saying like, oh, uh, I guess uh, Jack needs help. And Yeah, so almost as if it was constructed that they could be alone to have a conversation. Clever. Movie <laughs> magic. Silver TV screen. Magic. Yeah, TV magic, which is slightly less magical than movie magic. What alloys do the TV shows have? If there's... Silver screen and there's you know the copper screen the yeah, what's what's on the inside of a TV the glass screen LC, the plasma screen oh, oh that's that, it. that's just pl- a TV yeah also, also true and <laughs> very hot way. I'm losing my head here yeah yeah uh, so they yeah so Joni and Jill get to talking and uh, she you know they're just kind of catching up on what's happening oh you're in Detroit we're in San Francisco that's so cool. Uh, you know, oh, Jack Jack thinks he's handy, but he screws up everything he touches. Ah, oh, must be annoying to be married to a guy like that. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Uh, and then she's showing Joni pictures of her kids. Yeah, and just that, this, like, painful small talk. Yeah, I know. It really was kind of grinding. And But she's showing the kids, and it's like, oh, they're so cute. Oh, hey, who's that guy behind the fence? You, I can't see his face. <laughs> Which I love that weird little yeah. shout-out to Wilson. Yeah, I do, too. I love the, also that Wilson sees a family photo being taken, and it's like, I guess I'll keep standing here. <laughs> Won't lower my knees slightly. Maybe. Maybe this plays on what we said a couple episodes ago, um, or last episode, where it, he, she was showing him the Christmas card, and Wilson was peeking his head through that little window in the, <laughs> the house. Oh, yeah, well, then she would have said, nice legs, Jill. <laughs> Fair, yeah. Uh, so, but then they get to, but then Joni shows a picture of her kids, yeah. and uh, turns out one of her kids is 20 years old. And they're at their 20-year reunion. And... I know we're not good at math here. But uh, by my calculations, she was only a couple years out of high school when she got pregnant. <laughs> uh, no, of course, it turns out that Jack got her pregnant her senior year. When they graduated, she was... Two months uh, with with kid. Yes, with kid. That's what that, they call is, it. That's, that, that's the phrase. phrase. She was uh, her belly was swollen with kid, uh, and yeah, and they just kind of talk about how I wanted to tell you, but like he and I fell in love, and I never knew how to explain it, and I couldn't really help what happened, mm-hmm. and then it's like I didn't, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't really tell anyone about about what happened, and yeah. and you know you were so mad at me, and I didn't know what to do, and. Jill kind of takes a turn here that I I think it's a little suspect. I think it's easy to say in retrospect because she yeah. goes, oh, my God, I had no idea. And she's like, yes, I was mad at you, but, you know, I, I feel like I loved you as a friend that I could have been there for you yeah. through it. And, like, you know, I, I've missed you all these years and because of this, and we could have gone through that together. And, like, that's no. very easy to say in retrospect. I feel like that would have made it worse 
uh, had you found that out in high school? If at 18... No one, no one at 18 has that emotional maturity. Exactly. If at 18 you find out, oh, not only was my best friend cheating on my boyfriend, cheating on, you know, with my boyfriend this whole time, but also she's pregnant and having the baby. Yeah. That, that's not gonna, at 18, like, yeah, at That's 30, how people get killed. That's exactly. how people end up on Jerry Springer. Yes, no doubt. That's how people end up getting killed on Jerry Springer. <laughs> <laughs> that's the perfect crime. Kill someone on Jerry Springer, because it's well known that that is, uh, no laws apply there. It's like, <laughs> it's like the purge. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that is very, like, yeah, a couple 35-year-olds, sure, there's enough emotional maturity there, but like, yeah. no, no, Jill, like, it's fun you can say that, but really I feel like she's kind of putting... Almost putting the blame on her for like, well, you should have trusted me to talk to me about this. Yeah, and, you know, not the case. Come on. Although I, I will speculate just for a second more, where it's like, this is a side of Jill that I feel like the writers, uh, like a conclusion they come to about her character a lot. This kind of emotional maturity and kind of seeing things from uh, a lot of different perspectives to give her more empathy or give her compassion. And I don't think that this is a indication that it's heading in the psychology, you know, that she's going to yeah. start to study psychology. But I can see once they arrive to that decision, how it would click in their head, the writer's head to go, oh, yeah, well, that is very staying in tune to her character because she's always the voice of this. And this is a good example of that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And we are in agreement. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they make up. It's kind of a tearful moment. And then it's Tim, interrupted. Tim sets the speaker system on fire. Yeah. And this is another thing where it's, it goes a little beyond Tim at this point. During this whole emotional scene where it's like, I'm invested. I want to see this. And they constantly feel the need to remind us that we're watching a comedy by having, like, sparks shoot up uh, mm -hmm. in the background. You know, what's the, she's, you know, shows a picture of Tim and she yeah. goes, oh, yeah. It's, you know, and then yeah, the thing sparks in the background and goes, yeah, the sparks are still there. Yeah. Uh, we're just like, well, just let me have the moment to experience this between Jill and Joni. It's like they're just going, hey, guys. Tim Allen's still on the show. I know. Well, that's what I, I don't know. I feel like it's a little less about Tim Allen at that point than just like insecurity on the writer's part or the producer's part to go, we got to make sure that they're watching the comedy. They got to know that they're watching the comedy. It has to be funny. Yeah. Um, one joke per every page or whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, during their most emotional bonding part, <laughs> the fire starts in the background. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, man, this is, it's not how I, I, I if anything, this is a moment that I wanted the kind of touching fade to black, not, mm -hmm. you know, in the other episode. So, yeah, it sets on fire and and Tim is like, ah, everybody run out. There's a fire and everyone runs out and somebody comes in with a fire extinguisher and puts the thing out. I'm also going to say that's probably not the best protocol if there is a fire in the place. Don't yeah, just go, just, ah, there's a fire. Everybody evacuate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, Tim, you're not in charge of this event space. Let the, let the managers do it. Yeah, right. Um... So yeah, they run out, and then we come back. We get and a fire extinguisher transition. Yes. To our singer. Yeah, which is just Tim and Jill dancing with the group and talking about, ah, oh, this is actually such a great night. It's yeah. great. And I kept thinking, man, look at that hardwood floor dance floor that is not scuffed by ice skate marks. Yeah. <laughs> Mark was not here. Um, and then we go to our outtakes, which are... Barely even worth mentioning. They should have been left out. Yeah. Uh, they literally just needed something to put over the credits. Uh, yeah. It makes no sense. But it actually does remind me of one of my favorite moments of Randy's in this episode where after he locks Jill, uh, Al out of the house, uh, he's kind of taunting him. You know, he had been wanting to eat cookies. Mm -hmm. Al took them from him, put him in the cupboard. He locks him out. And then all of a sudden, Randy's dancing in front of the window with the cookies. <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought that was kind of a fun, like, fun little moment. I liked it. It was it was good. Uh, but this one, moves. like, Al's trying to bring Brad and Ashley downstairs. Ashley gets snagged on something. Randy makes a face, and he's like, what is happening? Yeah. Why, why does this... And yeah, it like, just like it makes no sense. Weird miscue. That and, was about it. And that's that. Do you have anything else uh, for that? No. I mean, that's our episode. Yeah, no, I have, I have nothing. I have nothing else for that ending, and I have really nothing else for this episode. Okay, well, we do have a user submitted question. Oh, well, then I have that for this episode. Um, this was submitted to our email address, and they requested, which are you can contact us at uh, info. Let me just start that whole part. Yeah. Okay. Um, I do have a user submitted question. Oh, all right. Um, this was submitted to our email address, which you can reach us at at info at frontworkpodcast dot com. Um, they asked to remain anonymous, so oh, all right. We, we have no name to attribute. The world will never know. Your secret <laughs> is safe with us. Or maybe their name was Anonymous. Wouldn't that be a shitty name to give your kid? No, yeah, or maybe it's the Hacker Collective Anonymous. Ooh, wow. Yeah, they're big fans. So now that makes me worry that there's some sort of hidden message in this question. But... Well, most likely it was a Trojan horse virus. Uh, they say, if you were a tool, which tool would you be? If you were a pie, what kind of pie would you be? No, I'm sorry to mock it. <laughs> this is a good question and very relevant to what we do here. Uh, do, do you want to go first? For, well, I just want to call out that that was a brilliant reference to an earlier episode of <laughs> Home Improvement. Thank you. Thank you. I, yeah. I appreciate it myself. Uh, yeah, but do you want to go no, first? you or? please no, go okay. first. So I have a couple options. Okay. Uh, first, I think I'd be a level because mm. now and not a laser level i mean one of the ones with the liquid and little bubble in it those okay. are the, those are the best ones yeah uh because the the biggest home improvement task i do is like hanging pictures in my room mm-hmm. and if they are not completely level it just eats my soul oh okay so that would be very important to me so i think i'd be a level because i want everything to be on the level all right uh Another option, the uh, Allen wrench that comes with an Ikea set. It's, I'm really only good for one very specific thing, and I'm highly disposable. <laughs> and But the last and I think most accurate one is the tool I would be is the phone that I use to call someone to come over and build the thing that I've realized <laughs> is out, above my pay grade. Okay. Uh, I like that. Yeah. What, what tool slash tools would you be? Uh, how far can we bend these rules? Uh, uh I, they're as far as we want. We've, you know, we, the, the person who sent this in, uh, didn't put their name on it. So we are not fair. accountable to yeah, anybody. Yeah, there you go. Uh, cause I feel like I would be something like a dolly or a forklift where mm-hmm. I constantly try to lift things that I shouldn't be lifting alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess a forklift can do that, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's that's a, what you want to be. That's your final Yeah, exactly. Form. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, but that's more of a vehicle. If I'm going with an actual tool, uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. I haven't given this much thought. This is a surprise to me, and I knew the question going into it. I know that's that's. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I did my own work. But what? Let me ask you. What kind of tool do you think I would be? What kind of tool do I think you would be? Yeah, uh, I know that's not the question, but I'm gonna. I'm calling a, a friend. Phone a friend. You're calling a phone friend. You're yeah. Uh, you're <laughs> you're calling. I'm the, cons- the mistakes that are constantly repaired by other people. You are the thing that's being improved. You are the <laughs> exactly. work in progress. Yes. Uh, I don't know what would what would you be? What tool would you be? Um, this is a difficult. What What are tools? <laughs> Let's start what there. Indeed, are tools. Uh, I know. I would probably be the instruction guide. Oh, you? Yeah, that's good. 
That one counts. Because you, I, I'm constantly filled with useless knowledge that you don't pay attention to. Exactly. <laughs> and, and in multiple languages. And sometimes diagrams. See, yeah. <laughs> en- enchilada chimichanga. <laughs> oh, no, Godzilla. Oh, it is Godzilla. Uh, Scotland. Yeah. Kilts. Yeah. Skirts. Yeah. There you go. Stuff. Although I did learn... Um, our our buddy John Smith, yeah, uh, from Scotland, yeah, listens to us on his commute to and from work. So we are traversing uh, the the oh my gosh the roads of Scotland. This is great, or the or the rails of Scotland, or the rails of Scotland. Train. Yeah, whichever part of Scotland we're traversing. Look, the one time I went to Scotland, it was the best two damn days of my life. I nice. would love to go back. My voice uh, is traveling more in Scotland than I've ever been. So honestly, that's weird to me. I, it's traveling a lot more than I did too. I, as I said, I was only there for two <laughs> days. But uh, well, yeah. Again, uh, John John Smith Smythe. Uh, even though you're not the guy who sent in this question, but eat a deep fried pizza for us or something, because <laughs> Lord knows I did when I was there. There you go. Yeah. Um, so there you go. I, I hope we answered that question I th- adequately. I, th- I think we did a good job. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, now that the sun is literally in my I know. eyes, do you want me to tur- do you want to <laughs> no. close this? For you? We're good. I do have one thing I want to point out about this episode of Home Improvement. What do you want to point out? A bit of an anomaly. What? There isn't a single instance of tool time. Yeah, you're right. They don't. They don't. Phys- I was kind of like back in the early episodes when they never really went to tool time. It's like I. I mean, I feel like every single episode has had something of tool time. I don't even think there's been. I mean, I think a few of the early episodes, like two, three, four, five. I don't think that they were necessarily on set there. Maybe, maybe, I, I don't know. Well, we'll figure it out once we start this podcast over again. And, yeah, and... yeah, I know, and we'll loop it back over. But no, this is the first time in a long time that there's been no tool time yeah. presence. Yeah. Uh, so that's a little weird. That is an interesting thing. Um, do you have anything else that you want to go over? Nothing. I just want to get out of this apartment and eat a burrito. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, with that, uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. If you want to help uh, the show find more listeners, you can give us a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Plus, with each rating, we'll call you six hours before your event and remind you to take your suit out of the bag that's all wadded up in. (laughs) Uh, You can find more information about today's episode on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released, as well as receive uh, exclusive trivia, The Grunt Count, which this week is an astonishing zero, (laughs) um, and updates on Truman and my various projects. Lastly, uh, join in our conversation by hitting us up on Twitter or Facebook, which you can find us at GruntWorkPod. And with that... I've been Truman Caps, And I've been Landon Solano. Consult your doctor should your grunting last more than four hours. (laughs) Well, it sure wasn't happening this week. (laughs) See you next week, folks. Bye. (laughs) 